Here's the drill. I'm your history teacher from now on. We will call this class Gaming History X. We will discuss current events. What's up, everybody, and welcome to Gaming History X, the game where we bring together four hosts and talk about modern-day topics with a retro flair. I'm one of your hosts. My name is Fred Rojas, and joining me today, and as always, is Mr. Trees. How you doing, sir? Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back. Welcome back. <laughs> and obviously, my, uh, my always partner in crime, Mr. Jam Elias. How's it going across the pond? It's going good. Lovely weather over here, and great to be back on this great show. Wonderful, wonderful. And our special guest this week is actually our first time, uh, second timer, uh, which is uh, Mr. Wolfie from Overclock.net. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Back when I had you the first time on episode three, I wasn't too familiar. I didn't have the the website down. Now that I'm active in your forums all the time, I, I'm much more <laughs> equipped for it. So thank you. <laughs> uh, it, it's funny because uh, our podcast over there is on hiatus for a while. So, you know, it's cool. Yeah, I, I kind of noticed that, but I didn't want to kind of necessarily ask you. So there you go. That answers that question. <laughs> uh, but uh but all right. Well, thank you very much for joining us. Um, you've uh, you've been working on a couple of different things uh, for those of you who follow you on Twitter, including um, you repair uh, classic game consoles, as far as I've seen. So uh, yeah, that's right, man. You know, I, um, I I do it for a store in Maryland. If you don't mind me mentioning the name, um, no. it's uh, uh, Raven. What? Oh, wow, I forgot it already. <laughs> it's <laughs> Raven Play. There we go. Raven but, Play. Yeah. Oh, okay. And I, I'll tell you right now, they have... So the only reason why I agreed to it, because I never did it before, like, professionally, if you will, um, is because they have more complete inbox games than I've ever seen in any retro store. So I said, you know what? I'll repair and then use store credit. And it works out for me. Yeah, nice. I've seen some of your impressive hauls as a result of that. So, uh, so good on you, man. Uh, that's good. That's a that's a good skill to have, uh, especially in the future. You know, Absolutely. when the apocalypse hits, I need to know somebody who can fix a Game Boy. Uh, to be honest, that's right. <laughs> you'll need. That's something you'll need. Yes, much, very much so. Can you fix my Game Boy? Yeah, dude. My Game Boy's broken too. I have an original one, and it has a, a line going through the screen. I like, can it's fix It's missing it. a line, like dead pixels. Yeah, I can fix it. What do you crack it open and melt the glue or something, right? Uh, kind of. <laughs> I sort of briefly looked into it myself, like on YouTube, like how I can fix it. I was like, Ugh, I'm not so gonna... if if you have a soldering iron and a really really steady hand, mm. then you can definitely do it that way. So you know you could save yourself some time and money um, by doing it yourself. I don't know about time, but money you could save doing it yourself but if you hold it just for like a split second too long your Darn entire it. yeah oh yeah it's oh. it's it's fragged oh boy yeah so here's mess with that here's one other question i have and then we'll we'll move into the show but um do you know what playstation 3 reballing is no i actually have not 
repaired anything past uh, PS2s, which is kind of funny because most PlayStation 3 issues come down to the hard drive, which uh, is pretty simple, you know, sort of thing. However, I've never actually heard of that term. Okay, reballing apparently is basically the process by which um, you know the early launch PS3s uh, had a lot of heat issues, uh, both from a heat sink perspective, but just in general. And so what these guys do is basically they gut Bye, dead. Bye, honey. Um, they Bye, gut dead. Uh, <laughs> 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 Quiet's a relative term in this house, anyway. Um, but uh, <laughs> but they basically gut old um, motherboards. And take the components that work and use them to kind of repair existing ones because most of the repairs that were done on launch PS3s with like the yellow light of death or no video out or your power supply being broken, um, no one really knew how to fix them. They just knew how to basically make them work for a little while longer before dying. And I have a launch console, PS3 console that's dead and somebody can do this reballing stuff and they promise you it kind of basically refurbishes your console to new and it even comes with a one year warranty Uh, and they only charge like 75 bucks for it or something so I really want want my launch PS3 back, it played PS2 games probably the smoothest I've ever seen PS2 Mm. games look uh, yeah my my PS3 is actually a launch PS3 and the hard drive went bad in it now I was going to replace it with a solid state and never got around to it Mm. (laughs) well uh, I've I've definitely replaced the hard drive I will tell you um, because of the input output stuff you won't gain the benefits off of a solid state I'd really recommend um, like a like a 7200 um, but anyway, I, I had the original launch PS three mm-hmm. and I loved it. And just recently within the last two years, do you know, uh, it finally gave up the goose and I tried fixing it. It was a heat thing and I did some blow dryer action, got to work for a little longer and, uh, all this stuff. And, uh, finally it, it shit the bed and you know what I did with it hmm. in the trash. <laughs> <laughs> Yank, I yanked I yanked the hard drive because it was my own hard drive I put in there. And mm-hmm. uh, it sat around forever. And I went, you know what? I'm never selling this thing to anybody. I'm sure someone might take it for parts. And I said, you know what? I just got to, I just got to, you know, throw in the, you know, man up and throw in the trash. I got all these broken things that sit around and you just <laughs> keep them because they feel like they're stuff you shouldn't throw in the trash. But I'm just like, you know, I mean, because that thing weighs like, that thing's heavy. A you know tank. what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, I could kill an intruder with that thing. So I'm just like, <laughs> you know, so I just threw it in the trash. And yeah, you know I respect that. After a day, I was like, eh, I'm all right with that. I got, a, I got a bunch of people who have their eyes on mine once it gets fixed because it's firmware 3.50, which is before they patched out the ability to uh, hack it, to jailbreak oh, it. And I have yeah. no intention of jailbreaking my console. In fact, to break everyone's heart, probably the first thing I'll do is upgrade it to the newest firmware so that I can get back online with it. But, uh, but again, I want it really for the PS2 stuff. And... Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, this company seems like they, they stand by their work, so so we'll check it out. I don't think a lot of people do it, Wolfie, was my point. So that's why I was like, oh, well, maybe if he's one of the ones who knows how to do it. But unless you're taking in a regular influx of PS3s, apparently this method doesn't work very well. 
So, so uh, on on that subject, the funny thing is the consoles they sell the most are, you know, the original Game Boys. So they hand me just tons of them and I, I you know, roll through them. And the other thing that they take in the most and sell the most are the PS2 Slims. So mm-hmm. my my focus area is anything PS2 or older. And I fixed, you know, GameCubes. I fixed all kinds of things. But... Um, never anything past PS2. Nice. Well, well, you're doing the Lord's work, so thank you very much for that <laughs> and saving saving uh, old dead consoles uh, from from themselves. I might need to talk to you. I might need to do some uh, some very simple wire rewire. Uh, sorry, rewiring some solder in a uh, in a PC engine. Um, so oh, I, I basically Happily. just go yeah. Yeah, I just basically say I need this to be moved here um, because uh, the guy who installed my RGB amp didn't know what he was doing, and I need to I need to just fix a couple of solder points, and then I'm good to go. So, oh, PC Engine, I I will happily work in any of those ever. They are awesome. So, oh, yeah, and, yeah. and and that goes between fixing them, like actually working on them, and also playing them. I just I'm I love them. Nice, nice. Well, we'll we'll talk offline. Maybe uh, maybe I can get you the best of both worlds uh, on that one. So, well, here's a here's awesome. a qu- quick. I know we got to move on, but just a quick question, Wolfie. So, sure. uh, original Game Boy in the I have the original box with the little vector background with the, you know. Oh yeah, dude. And it, I have all the the cords that came with it and the Tetris and everything. It's all in there. How much? How much are they selling those things for? You know, n- not as much as you'd hope. Um, so if if it's the serial number that lines up, because I think back then they were still doing the serial number, the serial number on the box, mm-hmm. that can make it go for a lot more. But so many people don't even look for that now mm-hmm. that they're just looking for um, a boxed Game Boy. With that said, I mean, you could... It, again, if you look for the right person, you could get over a hundred bucks, but unfortunately, not too much more than that. Mm. Yeah, That's it looks okay. like would... it looks like the ones that are selling are, as Wolfie said, the serial number matching up um, about a hundred bucks uh, for the the original Game Boys. There are people asking a lot more, like two fifty, but if you look, no, they've they've had that auction live for like three years. Yes. Yeah. So what do you mean? Serial number on the actual device matches the serial number on the box? Yep. Yes. Yep. All right. You guys move on. I'm going to I'm gonna look. <laughs> okay. Right, I, I got to see here. Yeah, but you're looking to make between 1 and 150 if oh, you're lucky. I, I would start it at would, 150 and see what you could do. I, yeah. I, would never, I would never sell it anyways. It's my, my baby, but. Gotcha. Yeah. I, right. I regret selling my original, so hold on to it. Mm. I have mine in the fucking battery doors missing so uh. <laughs> so what's really funny is i just repaired um a few actually and the th- i've never seen one that is as pure and wonderful as the color on this one that i'm actually looking at right now and i'm thinking about buying it off of <laughs> <laughs> off of play raven or raven play whatever one right. it is but I, I I plan on you know saying hey uh, you're gonna hook me up you know since I hook you up but we'll see you know it, mm-hmm. it doesn't always work out yeah yeah it's always negotiating um, you know everybody's trying it, you know in the it, to their defense and I know you're not 
attacking them anyway. But uh, in their defense as well, uh, I don't think people appreciate how much of a hustle, uh, and I don't mean hustling people, I mean how much of a hustle it is to uh, manage a, a retro game store because oh my God. it's literally like the weird, uh, you know, nostalgia fucked up version of the stock market these days. <laughs> no, it, and it's so funny because I know the manager of the store, so he's really close friends with the owner of the store, and I'm sorry to take up so much time on this subject, but no, no, cool. the... He he is always, always talking about, you know, you have to watch the ebb and flow. And one one thing that makes a retro game store stay. So if anyone listening decides, hey, I'm going to start a retro game store, go on the low end of whatever is is out there. So in other words, if game value now, price charting and eBay sold prices are on the you know whatever their low end is stick with that price because i can tell you right now your doors will be closed in no time if you don't stay on that lower end and that's a guarantee we had a local place that used to do stuff like that like they they wouldn't even use price charting or anything they basically had a rule of thumb which was if it didn't have like complete inbox they didn't give you much credit for it but they'd throw it into a bin and let people dumpster dive basically and they would just charge like between 99 cents and five bucks depending on the platform what? flat yeah oh i bought a copy of resident evil on the ps1 disc only for 99 cents there um oh that's cool but that was just their policy. And then everything else would be based off of rarity and stuff like that. But they had ceilings. So I also bought a copy of Rule of Rose from them at their at the time PlayStation 2 ceiling, which was $29.99. Um, and Rule of Rose is like the most rare PlayStation 2 game. Oh, yeah. Uh, ended up, ended up uh, selling it back to them later on when they changed their policy but here's the problem um they gave me like 150 for it which is good but you know people have made two three hundred bucks off of this game but they're selling it for 300 bucks nobody's gonna walk into a game store and pay 300 dollars for rule of rose i'm sorry they're just not um if nothing else the collectors don't trust game shops because they don't trust that you treated it well um and and what's interesting there is that it all comes down to when you when you talk to the people at the store they're going to give you that feeling of okay are they just trying to totally jack me over you know whatever mm-hmm. price is is whatever is posted on eBay or do they know what they're talking about have they either cleaned the disc uh, or whatever cartridge mm-hmm. and if not are they just looking at it as, okay, here's the title. And, you know, I, I'll tell you right now, I will trust the more untouched side of things. So the less they've messed with a game mm-hmm. and the lower they are on the price, the better off you probably are because there are two sides to it. Number one, they cleaned it improperly and then all of a sudden, well, you know, they, it's it's jacked from here on out. <laughs> yep. Or n- number two, they are selling you a completely bootleg copy of whatever said game is, and it happens. So cart carts it happens all the time. Oh, Pokemon exactly. Yeah. Oh yeah, Pokemon oh. is a great, uh, you know, a great instance of that. So you know, don't be afraid to ask questions if they're looking a little like 
sketched out, that means you ask the right question, and that also means get out. <laughs> well, and here's what they do. They resurface all the games, which actually usually is safe. They know not to resurface like Blu-rays and stuff, and their resurfacer is a high-end one. It doesn't... It doesn't look bad. It doesn't like all the games look pristine um, and they don't resurf it, resurface it unless they need to. What they do that kind of frustrates me is they seal the games now, uh, which is fine, but then let me open it and you'll reseal it. Like how much does that right. plastic cost? And they the, the staff almost don't do it anymore. Um, but the other thing I know they do is they go on price charting, which a lot of people know, if you don't know it, pricecharting.com, it's kind of like, what does the aggregate of Amazon and eBay kind of say this game is worth based off of statistical data. And it lets you look up like the trends. Um, but they go on price charting, look at the complete in-box price, because that's pretty much all they sell, and then they add 10% to that and sell it for that. And I'm like, you got... <laughs> I stopped going. Like, it's they went from, like, the best place ever to, like, n- no. And in the, in the long run, I spent more money there because I was constantly buying stuff, and you want to constantly be moving your product. Um, so... Uh, yeah. A little, a little um, background on that too. With price charting, they actually have, if I'm not mistaken, I, they may have changed, but they have their own store. I think they do, and they actually take a bit of, you know, the aggregate of everything, including their store. Um, if you're not looking for what price charting is actually selling at. GameValueNow.com uh, does not have their own store and they're only taking whatever Amazon and eBay is running and um, selling it at or whatever they're selling their prices at and that's what they're taking their pricing from. And you will find that more and more stores are using that now because PriceCharting.com can sometimes be weighted in a certain way because of uh, certain title store. they're trying to sell exactly yeah, that makes sense that makes sense and rule of rose looks like it's gone down it's now sitting oh. at about 200 which is still not cheap but um but i remember when i got rid of mine for um, remember a used game store paid me 150 cash which tells you very much like what they thought they were going to get for it and that that game has continued to sit forever but uh, i mean that's awesome it is awesome that they did it, and uh, but I, it just breaks my heart because that's never going to go home with anybody. They've also got a copy of Dragon Panzer Dragoon Saga, all four discs, complete in box, but they want $800 for it. You're not going to get that. You're just nope. never going to get that. I don't care if you've seen an eBay auction with that. Um, but anyway, uh, all right. Well, let's jump into it because we've got a little more pre-show stuff. So <laughs> before we get into our topics, mail. yes, we're going to, we're going to put the kibosh. We're going to put the nail in the coffin on the Zelda thing, but I will give you guys a chance to uh, retort. But Andrew, uh, man with good taste who did send us um, the video. He is not the one who made the video, but he is the one who brought that video to our attention. He closes up. Clear. Yeah. He closes up after, uh, after uh, last uh, last episode uh, with Clue Drew. So uh, anyway, he goes, uh, Hello, Fred Jam, woman whose name I sadly missed. That was Steffi, and it's actually Wolfie now because uh, Steffi couldn't make it. And trees. Could not ah. help myself. Yeah, he put, it, he put trees in all caps. There we go. Got he it goes, in there. Yes. He goes, could not help myself, and here I am correcting other people again. <laughs> Preemptive apologies. Uh, for... <laughs> 
Yeah, it, this is Andrew's personality, and I, I like him for it. Uh, he hates the fact that I apologize whenever like I uh, he, he complains about something that I missed or something. So anyway, first of all, regarding not mentioning trees in my opener, I, do, I, I did not listen to enough episodes <laughs> with you, and I didn't quite have an idea of what kind of person you are going by your voice alone. I'm not yet familiar with you as a host, so I forgot you were regular on GHX. Uh, now I've explained my horrible behavior, and that's that. But do not expect me to beg for forgiveness. I don't do that kind of stuff. And trees wouldn't ask you anyway. Um, now for the least pleasant uh, to read part of this email. Taking, uh, wait, yeah, talking some more about the Zelda 1 video. It's very easy to judge a video that you have not seen, Trees. So please, let me summarize the video's main points. Shigeru Miyamoto wanted to make an exploration game where your objective was not clear from the start. After presenting the game to the playtesters, they were confused and could not progress very far. Then Shigeru decided the game should be played collaboratively with players telling each other about their discoveries. That did not work. Do some... Oh, so some later reissues of the cartridge came with a walkthrough for the few, first few dungeons with extremely vague clues about everything else. Clues provided in-game are vague at best and misleading at worst. Director of Ocarina of Time could not beat Zelda 1. Oh, all right, sorry, I'll, I'll comment afterwards. In the end, the point is made that in 2017, by today's standards, Zelda 1 is not a great game that holds up as such. It is an enjoyable game with, a very, with very frustrating parts and, and major flaws. It's only okay in 2017 for someone without nostalgia and a walkthrough. Or, it is only okay in 2017 for someone without nostalgia and walkthrough. Uh, I'm guessing it's not okay, but either way. Um, and Clue Drew, the, main, the man behind the camera who is uh, not attacking you for liking the game, don't know where you got that idea. And yes, that man is extremely snarky. I am not sure if he can stop talking in a snarky tone for even a minute from what I know of him. I just happen to like his show and his snarkiness. Regard, regarding bad reviewers, there's this myth floating around that the quote-unquote professional reviewer space that you must include some flaws and reduce the final score based on that. That idea is just bullshit as the belief that every script needs to be a three-act structure or be a hero's journey. You don't necessarily see flaws unless you look for them. It is entirely possible to not even notice what one might perceive as a flaw and enjoy the game 100%. Too easy? Well, you might not care and like it for the exploration and colorful levels. Too hard? You might enjoy the challenge. Too confusing? You might like figuring it out for yourself. Too short? You like brief games. Too long? Well, that just happens to be your thing. For those reasons, I only trust reviews done by fans of the genre. If someone is in per into a particular kind of game, expect the reviews of such games to be more correct. Ukulele got low reviews by people who do not like 3D platformers. He makes a good point there. Um, and to this end of a way too long message, some positivity. Because my iPad or my iPod is outdated with outdated software, every time the podcast is put into it. Uh, the device remembers the artwork from the first episode transferred, but only that artwork, and it's used it for all later episodes. So every time I listen to GHX, looking at me is the happiest caterpillar in the world. You don't know what I mean? See episode three. Oh, awesome art. Awesome that. artwork. Put a, put a, put a t-shirt on that caterpillar. I, uh, I should make Hell that yeah. into a yeah. t-shirt. Um, trees, you'll get uh, half of all the proceeds. Um, okay, thank you for enduring this. I promise not to write so much or this often. Nah, man. Write all you want. Um, uh, write every week, every time. <laughs> okay, so mm -hmm. 
the one thing I kept thinking about when he was talking about the Zelda thing, and this is just something I'll kind of throw out, is you know I, I'll give him the generational thing, but it's so ironic to me that modern day gamers make lay this criticism against Zelda or various other games that are like this, and yet love Dark Souls, which is guilty of the exact same thing. Now, Andrew has not stated that he loves Dark Souls. Maybe he hates Dark Souls, but... Um, that is something I always think about is most of the criticisms leveraged against Zelda could be applied to Dark Souls and yet the universe loves it. So, but again, that's well, a broad generalization in and of itself. Well, I, I felt right at the beginning, I felt the real strongly pointed trees <laughs> emphasized there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, so in my defense, I would like to say, uh, I don't even remember what I said two weeks ago. Oh, you I said gotta, you weren't going to watch I, the video, I, basically. I, I, I got to be honest. I'm not even sure what we've been talking about for the last half an hour. So I'm not the greatest one. I do remember uh, I, I didn't watch that video. But if I remember something, I, I remember I don't think I was really making a comment on the video. I think I was just making my own comment on what yes. I felt about Zelda. Very much so. So, so uh, Jim, do you want to chime in on Zelda and or uh, reviewers? The professional review space. Uh, yeah, I, I am curious about that. That was a good point he brought up, which was the the whole concept of like, um, oh, what is it called? Uh, the where you're you're basically uh, hunting for something. Confirmation bias, I believe, is the term. So, yeah, I, I kind of disagree a bit with the reviewing. You know, going for reviewers that are fans of the genre because you, I do, I I read some reviews for you, Clady, of people that were fans of 3D platformers that didn't like the game. <laughs> They do exist. <laughs> right, but what um, he's saying is he trusts the people who are fans of 3D platformers, whether they're negative or okay. positive. He trusts their oh, okay, view yeah, more. That's fine, that's fine. I must yeah. have just heard that then. I, I just got the impression that because it, it felt like you know, you're deliberately going for like positive reviews for that particular genre. Because, yeah, there's always, there's always going to be people that like you know, games. Um, he means basically how, like... He means basically like he trusts like our Resident Evil review over that of a reviewer oh, yeah. who never grew up with Resident Evil or isn't a fan of that genre, you know, mm. in that same vein. So, no, that makes sense. Yeah, no, no I, I get that. Yeah, I do that. Although, I, I, um, one last thing about the reviews, though, I sometimes think it is still quite fun to get everybody's opinion. Just, I, I just enjoy reading different reviews from different people. It's sometimes fun to get a, an opinion from someone that's new to a genre as well. Because it just feels like they're going in like a child, <laughs> something completely new. Sometimes literally, um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Wolfie, got any comments on uh, on this email? <laughs> I mean, to to look at it a certain way, um, you know, I understand that you know iTunes, for instance, on certain podcasts or on Google Play, or if you're on Stitcher, you can actually replace old episodes or your artwork with <laughs> new artwork. Whereas your original cartridge of Zelda is not going to change. It's as you bought it from the store or as you bought it from the retro game store. So I am of the, the mindset that, and I said this before the show, you know, uh, it, it, everything has to start from something and, if anything, the puzzles have gotten a little easier as time has gone on, you know, within Zelda games and the whole Zelda canon. So I I see where they're coming from. You know, things improve with time. But at the same time, Nintendo is so good at saying, 
here's our story and you know we encourage you to look at it from the the beginning maybe not with the switch right now but eventually you're going to be able to play you know the backlog and all that other stuff but i i I don't know i i believe that there is um something to say about history you know and and i don't think that uh if if anything if history taught us it'll repeat itself if you don't try something new as you go forward. And I still think Zelda in the very first, um, version versus we'll, we'll say the second ser- uh, version, which was a side scrolling epic that some people didn't like other people did. I actually enjoyed it. You know, it was some mm-hmm. something different, but it didn't work for the series. So if you're going to say that, the first game did not um, lead us to where we are now. Well, you're sadly mistaken because we're not playing side-scrolling platformer Zelda. We're playing, you know, the RPG epic, RP, RPG uh, adventure epic that we are today because of that first game. Because enough people said, you know what, Zelda 2 is not for me. Just bring it back to the original, you know, which brought us to... Uh, you know, Link's Awakening and and um, brought us to um, um, I'm forgetting all the other titles. Oh, like but, uh, Link to the know, Past, Ocarina Link of Time. Link to the Past, yeah. yes. Yep, exactly. So, that's my piece. <clears throat> well, uh, yeah, so thank you very much, Andrew. Again, we could probably go off for an entire episode about the points you brought there, uh, but I do agree with you uh, to a certain extent there. Um, yeah, to, to me, like, I've Lately, I've had a couple of reviews where I didn't have something too negative to say or, or or almost like uninterestingly, like where I'm like, I guess if I wanted to get nitpicky, cool, but otherwise I don't care. And, um, and you know, there's something kind of risky about it, but there's also something liberating when you're like, okay, well, I don't really have any gripes about this game. Uh, th- at the same time, though, you know, if you've never reviewed games before, there are times where when you're playing through it, there is nothing worse in today's world where walkthroughs and guides and internet searches are all the rage. There is nothing worse than when you get stuck in today's games. And when you're reviewing something that's not out yet, it's it, it's panic <laughs> yeah. mode. Because I can't get through this and they need me to write this before it comes out, but I need it to come out so that the fucking internet can figure out how I beat this part. Um, <laughs> and it's... Uh, yeah, it, it could. It, that's definitely why that stuff ends up in your review. Um, but anyway, uh, all right. Moving on, we have a new uh, writer slash reader, um, but uh, he's been around for a long time. Which is uh, Chase. Chase wrote in, and um, he's actually got a uh, pretty decent. Uh, I hope he doesn't mind me mentioning it, but pretty decent podcast in the works. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what they come up with. So I'll, I'll let people know as I see that come to fruition. But. Uh, <clears throat> His subject is walking, in parentheses, with God, uh, out of parentheses, simulators. So here we go. He goes, hello, gentlemen. Happy to finally have time to write in, and I want to start off by saying that I dig what you guys are laying down on this show. Keep up the good work. That said, collectively, you are a pretty diverse collection of people, and I could really use some folk outside of my headspace to bounce something off of. I recently finished the game That Dragon Cancer and really wanted to know your opinions on it if you've had any engagement with it at all. Without spoiling it too hard, the game is about a family coping with their child's cancer diagnosis. I want to intelligently talk about this with anyone who has played the game because I have issues with it. And the problem is that taking issue with this game is like slapping a sick kid's parents in the face. 
parentheses, also spoilers for if you haven't played this game coming up. So this is where I'm going to pause for a second and say... We are going to read this. Um, those of you who are in this show, if you don't want to hear these spoilers, you can take off your headphones and I promise to be done in two minutes. Uh, those of you who are looking for or who don't want spoilers, uh, by my account, you should be somewhere around the 31, 32 minute mark. Uh, skip ahead two minutes and we'll be done with the spoilers. So you guys have been warned. I'm about to proceed forward. The content of this game is some heavy shit and you go into the game knowing what this is or that this is what it is but i personally played it to see if the game itself could be used as an educational or even emotional tool to help others deal with the trauma a family goes through with a sick child or the death of a child also i was trying to see if playing through a game like this could provide a player with a sense of catharsis as you are digitally dragged through the heartache and break of such events <clears throat> uh real quick because this will be the end of the spoilers um i don't even know uh uh, Chase, if I would say that that's spoilers because the 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 developers have been out there saying, you know, my son passed away and I made this game. Mm -hmm. So you kind of know the kid's going to pass away going into it. Uh, if you've even if you read up on the game, but uh, or like look at it in the Steam store or whatever. Anyway, I'm going to continue on with this email. It, it it strikes to these same points, but if you are coming back trying to avoid spoilers, this is pretty much spoiler free, I believe, from now on. So. He goes, and you know what? The game starts off really good. The visuals are great. The sound's great. It's a bit whimsical of a game, and the makers do a great job of world building and storytelling while using foreshadowing with the events present, uh, with the ever present menace of pulsing black masses hidden throughout the world as a metaphor for cancer. My issue with the game itself comes from when the family leans hard into Christianity with God and quote unquote true faith becoming the message behind the entire game. Don't get me wrong, it's a completely legitimate way to cope with bad shit happening in your life, but it ripped me out of the narrative so fast and so hard that I ended up mad and disappointed at this game. I guess my gripe is how the tactic excludes a very large portion of the human population that this game has had the potential to be universal, or at least Western, story of heartbreak, loss and healing, which in its present form it can no longer achieve. Yet, that's a hard gripe to hold on to because this game was literally made by folks as a way of coping with the loss of their child and using God to do it. So ultimately, this game sold really poorly with the des designers suggesting it was due to Twitch culture and the YouTube videos of its content. An easy suggestion to understand because the game is two hours long and there's little to no room to deviate from the linear quest. A walkthrough easily ruins this game and there's little to no replay value, in parentheses, with the exception of one of the two parts of the game. There were also disputes over lost revenue and morality of streaming this game. So he says, so what am I trying to say? I guess this is all just a bit long-winded to ask what you guys feel about games like this. In, specific, in a specific case of a walking simulator about cancer and God, I know some of you love to play games that provide a good scare, but do you shy away from games that could rip your heart out? And exactly how much hard religion are, uh, did you like the encounter? Wait. Do you like to encounter any game before you get upset or offended by it? Thanks for taking the time to read this and doing what you do. Stay classy, or at least stay sassy, Chase. Okay, so I have played this game. Anybody else? Uh, no. Mm. Not me. No, no. Jam? No. Nope. Okay. But I haven't played it, but I know, I know about the sport. Okay, so mm -hmm. those of you who are familiar with it, did you know that it existed and what it was? Yes. yes. Okay, yeah. so this, this is going to prove my first point. 
out of four people who all knew this game existed and what it was, three of them chose not to play it, and one of them very reluctantly went into it. And it sounds like Chase waited a long time. This game's about two years old. Is there a particular reason you chose not to play this game, or was it just you never got around to it? Um, well, is it wrong to say uh, I don't want to play it because it sounds like a fucking bummer? No, that's exactly what oh, I was that's, that's hoping you would say. I mean, say. I, I'm yeah. a I'm a father now, man. I don't want to. Mm-hmm. Like, like mm-hmm. one of my <clears throat> a game I really enjoyed that was heavy was uh, Papa and Yo, mm-hmm. right? Mm. Yeah. And that dealt with a heavy subject. But uh, I felt playing it though that there was a lot of uh, game there. Like there was stuff to do. Like it felt like I was playing a video game, and then it would sort of have a little message here and there and it, it was heavy and I, I related with that story personally you know and uh but it was metaphorical it. yeah yeah but, I, I but too. this but this one is just like man that's it's heavy and i it just sounds like a bummer man so you know yes there it's, is. It's, it's it and he's right though like talking about this game though you feel like you can't really you, you can't say much about it because you'd be like you know it's like uh-huh. You feel bad saying anything negative about it, but man, I I don't want to deal with that shit, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and it's and it's a bummer, and it's it's sad that that they did deal with that stuff, and that people are dealing with it now, and will, and all that. But geez, man, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. for me, the little time I have to play a game, it's an escape from trouble and stress and problems I have in life, you know, and. So my little downtime I have, if I have two hours of downtime, I don't want to play a game about a kid dying of cancer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. J- Jam, Wolfie, what about you guys? Uh, I mean, for me, same thing. You know, I mean, I have I have kids, and um, it it might be a little bit too much to play, which I think is where I came from when I decided not to play it. In fact, I think it came out right around the same time I was having my second child. And it it was a little bit too much. I, one thing I will say uh, regarding, um, you know, what the parents go through and in, in their um, connection with, with whatever God they, they choose to find, you know, I, I think that when going into the game, you almost have to expect that there maybe there will be, you know, some connection to God uh, in whatever form. And for me, I, I didn't play it, and I did expect that probably exists. And I, for one thing, am not religious. I, 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 I'm not one to follow uh, anything. And I will say, though, that in the parents' defense, they didn't quite say, hey, you know, there's not going to be any Christianity or God or anything in it. And with that said, um, you know, you do have to go into a game where they are literally writing about their child dying. And you have to almost expect there's going to be some form of spirituality and nothing against your writer. Because I totally understand that, you know, mm-hmm. not wanting to be uh, trying to be um, exposed to anything that that might be offensive or uh, might be out of uh, the norm for what they are used to playing. But in this sort of game, 
I, I almost would have expected that. And I, so I don't know. I mean, I didn't play it and I, I didn't play it for, for reasons, just like tree said, where, mm-hmm. you know, I have kids and maybe I'm selfish for, for saying I didn't want to experience that. And I probably am because it, that is terrifying. And I'm sure everyone that's a parent here would agree. They do not want to experience what those parents went through. And, I think that I just I didn't want to go through the process of what they did. I totally admire the fact that they put it in publication in the way they did because guess what? A lot of people that are going to play it, um, whether their parents or not, are going to experience something horrific. And when they experience that certain, you know, game they're going to probably get a lot of feels they didn't want, you know, or they didn't expect or, you know, in in your writer's case, the religious aspect of it. And I totally understand that, you know. <laughs> okay, you know, so it's, so it's you, a tough, tough call. Okay, well, so I have played it and I actually side with Chase heavily. So here's one thing I will chalk to. And I should say, not that this should matter, but I am a Catholic, uh, that is not the religion that is in this game. It is a, to my knowledge, non-denominational Christian. Um, but it's easy to say that and and to see symbolism and whatnot of Christianity, or think you, uh, you know, at, at surface value, the the subtlety that might be there. Uh, and so the thing I need to stress here when I get into this is it's not subtle. Um, this game, at the end of it, you are forced to walk into a church, go to the altar, get down on bended knee, and put your hands together and pray. Um, gotcha. It makes you, and again, I, I know some people are like, so what? But it, like, it's actually making you go through the motions of that stuff. Uh, the other thing that I don't like about it is the game starts you off with a great deal of, uh, there's actually games in it. Um, there's, there's a side scrolling action game, kind of almost like uh, ghosts and goblins in it. Uh, there is some walking simulator stuff. There's a Mario Kart game for some weird reason. Um, (laughs) yeah, there's a, there's a couple of different types of games in it. Um, and, uh, and, and so, you're given this semblance of choice and like playfulness because you're kind of playing as the kid who, even though he's sick, there are good days. And it's actually not all a Debbie Downer of a game, but it is very heavy. Um, and what I don't like is, yeah, you get to this uh, hard stop about an hour in where everything becomes about Christianity and you have to read Bible verses. You have to read lectures. Uh, you have to read the word of God. You have to kind of indoctrinate yourself to a certain extent. And somewhere, I apologize, some Christian is losing their mind at the fact that I called it indoctrination. But there is no other way to describe what this game makes you do. Because this game makes you go I am a Christian God is absolute and he will help me through this and if I don't embrace that concept I cannot proceed forward in this game and then furthermore it makes you go through the rituals um and I just shudder to think, especially in this country, what if there was a game like that for Muslims and you were forced to go and do all the prayer talks and go do all the chanting and all that. And again, I feel like I'm also not giving the respect that the Muslim religion deserves. But the the point to that was, was yeah, you the game veers away from this, the 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 point of the game that you see and instead just goes, okay, we're going to take an hour here and make you a Christian. And you're going to be a Christian after this, or you're going to hell. 
Um, and that's kind so of what it does. What one thing, you know, I guess if you don't mind me adding, um, sure. to that would be, uh, there, there's a really tough position here because on one hand you have the parents who are trying to portray this is what I went through and here I'm putting it to game. Mm-hmm. And on the other hand of it, I, under, I totally understand and would not want to be in the shoes of someone being uh, pushed to con- finish the game in a position that would put me against what I believe in or, you know, how I would want to proceed myself. So I, you know, that for me personally, that's, that's where I'm at. It's like, wow. Okay. I didn't, I I didn't know it went that far in depth. I mean, it does, but here's the one thing I will interject with though, is I'm actually on your side. I just hadn't gotten to my final point. My final point though, is it is this person's game. I don't like Satanism either, but I play doom and I have to be, (laughs) (laughs) loosely satanic um i think when you're buying into this game from a person's perspective you are also buying into the experience they wish to tell religion and all um so while i do admit it's heavy-handed i do think that i don't think you can or should level criticism against it because it is their game and you chose to buy it i guess is my thing chase um but yeah and i've got a little more to say but yes continue trees in the description of the game does it does anywhere in this say you know obviously a, a lot of people knew the subject of the game mm-hmm. when it was coming out and what but in the description is there an indication that says like uh, religious overtones or heavy religious overtones? I'm checking that right like that? now. Um, it does like, say like, I think there is. It does yeah. say it it um, it explores themes of hope, faith, and love. Do, yeah, but that's not uh, accurate. Yeah. Do you not. think do you think games? that have a heavy-handed religious overtone of any religion. Do you think that should be a description on games so people know when they're, they're buying it? Do you think that – that's? A, I mean, that's a whole other subject, I guess. But I think you- today it should be, especially because just perusing through the Steam um, uh, reviews, a lot of people were attacking it for not just being upfront about that. Okay. Because I'm, I'm not, not a religious guy, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, – but if I went and bought a game thinking it was something and it was like all religion, you know what I mean? Yeah, mm-hmm. I'd be a little bit like, well, you know, I'm not against it, but this isn't my my thing, you know what I mean? Yeah, I will say there are screenshots of some religious stuff. Um mm-hmm. but uh but yeah. Yeah. Well, and so here's the here's the next part and kind of where this this game really rubbed me the wrong way. So and and I was I let me tell you how scared I was to talk shit about this game. Um, because I really did. I got done with this game, and like Chase describes, I was angry at the game. I was angry at the developers, and um, I didn't say anything. I was on the B Team podcast at the time. It's a, and I still am, but it's a modern day podcast. And I didn't even bring up the fact that I'd played this game. I was scared to talk about it. And I know that sounds, first of all, that's over dramatic. But at the same time, like I just didn't want to deal with the backlash of it. And so since Chase brings it up, I'm I'm ready to do that. Um, but the. <laughs> This is a game that's hard to play to begin with. But before that, they, this development team went out of their way to all the Christian groups and talked about it. And people I know who don't play video games were saying stuff before it came out. 
yeah, this game's terrible. This game's about cancer, but don't even worry about it. Just buy it so that you can give this company or this, this family their money um, because they desperately need money and help them out. Okay. Or if you're a good Christian, there were a bunch of Christian blogs that were like, if you're a good Christian, buy this game, even if you don't have a computer to play it on uh, because you're helping support a good cause. And that started rubbing me the wrong way. I thought that was a very poor angle to go about the pre-release of this game. Um, because it sounds almost exploitative, dare I say? Like what they went through was very <laughs> tragic. But, but like I, I, I take issue with going. My kid died. That was tough. You need to buy this game because that was tough. And it's like, yeah. And if people feel so inclined because they have good hearts and they want to help you out, that's fine. But let them do it. Don't kind of hold them hostage with this product that you found a way as like a fundraiser, but you're not saying it's a fundraiser. Um, and then I played through the game. And aside from being just very heavy handed and really sad and all this stuff, it was not fun. It was a very bad game. Uh, Chase said it had some positive merit. I didn't. I thought this game was a terrible game through and through. Uh, the developers showed no real strength in being able to make a game at all. Um, they couldn't make certain things work properly. Uh, the Mario Kart game I talked about, you don't even know what you're doing or why. Uh, it doesn't give you a premise and the controls are seemingly pointless. Um, there were terrible losses of metaphors. The story is told horribly. It is a, it, 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 it goes against the basic concepts of how you would develop a game and, and a story even. Like as a writer, I was offended by the way this story envelop, uh, develops. And I was just like, this is a piece of shit. It is. I'm sorry. This game is a piece oh oh of oh shit. What they Friend. went through is real. There's a, there's but a, there's a, there you go. Fred oh, Brohas okay. of Game and History. Hey, yeah. Coming. Yeah. Pro, yeah. No, no, no. Pro child cancer. No. no. Oh, no. I'm talking about the game. The game as a game is a piece of shit. And <laughs> I was mad at that. And then here's, but here's what happens. Then the game didn't sell well. Uh, for whatever reason, mm. whether it's for reasons you guys have cited or it's because the game's a piece of shit and a lot of reviewers said as such. Um, because a lot of reviewers did, and the church jumped all over them. There, You can you don't have to Google very hard to find instances of that. Uh, so the developer wrote a blog post, and it, the blog post was basically like, we didn't make any money off this game, and we spent a lot of money to make it, and we haven't made any profit. And we have debts. We have medical debts and we have development debts and we can't pay any of those off either. And aren't you guys all happy now? The game didn't sell well and it's basically your fault. And he meant like the gaming populace. And I mean, uh, if the game's a piece of crap, then <laughs> what well, you Well, even expect, if it's not, you know? it didn't sell. It's not on the gamers to buy it. That's what he basically no, said no. was it's on you That's guys to saying. pay for it. Yeah. If 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 the game was developed in a way that hey here's a game you're gonna experience a good game and buy this game because of it, you know I mean there's not much that the developer can say when the game is a piece of crap. I mean, it, well, I mean, it, and I'm sure they feel it's a good game, but right, the sales but, have spoken. <laughs> Right. And, and, you know, the other side of it, too, and I didn't go this far, but let's say the game, I didn't want to buy it right from the get go, knowing the premise of it, because I was like, man, that's sad. I do not want to play it. This my like, um, you know, like Tree said, I don't want to spend my time playing this game and be in a position where I'm going to be 
uh, you know, upset about it. But I, you know, I knew that I knew that about the game. However, I guess if I dug deeper, I will not buy a game if the reviews are not very good on a game. And I'm as I and again, I'm not looking at them right now, but I'm assuming mm-hmm. if Steam said, you know, if Steam review said the game is not really that great, then I probably would have read that ahead of time, even if I was not. Even if I hadn't had the opinion of I don't want to play a depressing game, I think at that point I probably still would not have given them my money knowing the game was that bad. So the (laughs) fact that the guy went out of his way to condemn the gamers – it, that's that's not fair. Oh, and he wasn't done. He wasn't done. This is the next thing he did, which really made me upset. Um, he blamed YouTubers and uh, Let's Players. So then he started content IDing, mm-hmm. banning everybody, um, and pulling it off of Twitch. And he said, um, "You people took my work, my art, and you put it on your live streams, and you made money off of it, and we deserve that money." Um, Going so far as to say, if a fraction of those of you who viewed the Let's Play clearly showing that you wanted to watch this game instead of play it, and then left them a $1 tip, which I know you all did, and you guys went out and left us also a $1 tip, less than the cost of renting a movie, I might add, which is the type of experience you went for, we would have all the available funds to continue our work and create more things for the Let's Play community. So now he's saying that every person who ever watched a Let's Play, especially the people who gave a tip to any of those streamers, now are indentured to come over and give them money as well. There's a lot of problems I take with all of this stuff. And then the blogs got into it and the church got involved and said, this guy's kid died. You need to. And he got out there with tears and said, my kid died. You need to. And I was like, he is holding his dead child hostage for money. There is a lot of stuff that made me very uneasy about this game's post-release and the way he handled it. And I don't even know if Green, uh, if uh, uh, Green Ryan Green, he's the uh, developer. I don't even know if his blog's available anymore. I've been trying to pull it up, and it's taking a long time to respond. I'm guessing he pulled it down because of all of the negative response. But um, he leaves a series of blog posts basically condemning gamers, Steam, Let's Players, buyers, basically everyone but the Christian church who... Um, you don't have to look too hard if you look at the Steam reviews to see where it's like, you know, a guy's got 0.3 hours on record. I loved it. Cancer sucks. This is great. And then 400 people uh, feel that this is a good review. Um, that's just the church working the numbers, you know, or maybe not the church, but a group of people working the numbers. I'm not going to say, and I doubt that Green was even involved in that, but I feel like this got wrapped up in what I would refer to as a cause as opposed to, is this a game? And you can't pull that crap, in my opinion. But so the guy getting a BAFTA as well, I thought for this game. Oh yeah, right. Everybody gives it an award, and Polygon loved it because, of course, Polygon loved it, and everybody talked about how it was the greatest game known to man. And like, it broke my heart because I'm like, do you guys really feel that way? And if you do, oh man, go back and listen to podcasts around that time. People cannot stop praising it. But again, as Chase said. The people who didn't want to praise it just didn't talk about it. You didn't hear it on Giant Bomb, right? They just didn't. I think they just dodged the issue completely as well. They probably should have. 
But then those that liked it praised it. But like certain people I really trust in the game industry were like, oh my God, one of the strongest and most moving games I've ever played. And I was like, God, did we play a different game? Like, ugh. So, so to sum up. Yeah. It's a bummer of a game. Mm-hmm. Not a very good game. And Fred Rojas in my is eyes, yeah. children cancer, right? <laughs> in closing, so, well, absolutely. Yeah, that's what, what I got, got from it. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's what I summed up. All right. So very good. Um, I and I, and I'm sorry. And again, people, you know, I don't want to get this to be a, a long running thing, but I definitely like to get some comments if people have uh, alternative views and like get those at least addressed uh, at, at a briefer part of the beginning of the next episode or something. So that's contact to gaminghistory one hundred and one But yes, I had the exact same views as Chase did, uh, and I just was scared to talk about them because of what it stirs up. And I do think enough time has passed that uh, you know I, I feel a little safer doing it. But uh, yeah. frankly, I you know went from really feeling for this family to really feeling like they were exploiting this terrible tragedy that befell them and holding it in the game industry's court to make sure their finances worked out. And that really rubbed me the wrong way. And as you'll right. notice, that developer has not released any other games since. Mm. Um, he was afraid. He was like the Da Vinci Code. He thought the church church is going to come after him. Ah, church is not like that. I, people like to Chase believe that, but no, the church is not like that. In fact, I guarantee you every single person including the greens who are involved with the church portion of this were good people and had good feelings in their hearts, but they handled it the same way that churches and various other entities handle all fundraisers. Come on, bring your hat out, give money. Well, if you want to do that, send it directly to the greens as a donation out of the kindness of your heart for the church. Do not involve the video game sales you know, machine in this whole thing. That's not going to fly. Um, well, let alone the fact, look at the population of gamers. If, if I mean, they're not exactly known for being very compassionate, you know? <laughs> I, yeah. I mean, think about that. If you're aiming your game at, at a particular subs- subset, I mean, I I love my my you know, like, my fellow gamers, my peers, because of how crazy you know, our opinions can be that that is not a fight to take. Like mm-hmm. it just isn't. And they lost. I mean, they didn't they didn't make money off of it. Uh, it just sucks because there is an alternative form where um, even though the game wasn't good uh, and, and maybe some people disagree with that, where the Greens tried, they did something. It's out there. It wins a BAFTA and they stay silent about the sales and things like that. They decide not to attack gamers and twitch and basically an industry that they themselves claim to be part of they they say they're gamers so how do you not know this is the response how do you not know this is what's happening and i keep going back to people who say this about let's plays and twitch streams and all that stuff gone home and firewatch and all of those dear esther and all those games cannot do well uh or should not do well if you're claim that Twitch and Let's Plays ruin these story-based content games, and yet every single one of those games has moved at least half a million copies. I, I I can't get behind that argument then. So I've anyway. played all of them, and I enjoyed all of them. So yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean, Firewatch was, uh, they allowed streaming on the PS4 and all that stuff, and you know people were like, how are you doing this? And they just decided to do it. And Campo Santo has moved easily half a million copies they might even be at a million copies at this point and and that was a very successful game yeah 
So, uh, all right. Well, let's let's go possibly a little lighthearted, but we're going to get into the topics, and this will definitely be one of our longest GHXs ever. Um, <laughs> but there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, keep the topics coming, guys. Um, so here we go. Uh, we are to the topical point of the show. You have ten minutes to bring up any topic, whether it be a game, modern trend, news article, whatever you want to talk about. And when the ten minute mark hits, you will hear this lovely sound. And now that the hairs on the back of your neck are standing up, once you hear that, you can either drop your topic completely with a final say, or you can beg for five more minutes and we will continue the topic. Uh, That will be up to the person who brought up the topic. And with that, Wolfie, as the guest, you get to go first. Awesome, man. Well, I, I will say my game topic of the day is Star Tropics. <laughs> All right. Interesting. <laughs> I uh, I don't know. Um, I, I guess one of the things that fascinated me most about it is the fact that um, it was not ever designed um, to be released in Japan. And mm-hmm. so here you have an NES game that was not designed for the Famicom and it was designed to be played on the Nintendo. And I thought that was something really, uh, I don't know, pretty cool about the system considering, uh, so many other games. Um, and, um, well, yeah, so many other games were designed for the Famicom and ported over to the, you know, the NES. Um, so, yeah, oh, yeah, I think it's an amazing adventure game, but, you know, that's my opinion. Yeah, one thing I do want to point out right off the bat is the uh, the gentleman behind it, he was the writer and director, was uh, Genyo Takeda. Uh, and if you aren't familiar with Takeda, um, he's actually very well known from uh, Nintendo's early days. He is responsible for both the arcade games of Popeye and Punch-Out!, like the original yeah. punch out. Yeah. 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 And, um, he would later do super punch out. Um, and then, uh, obviously star tropics, but, uh, he also handled punch out on the NES. Uh, then he'll do star tropics and then he'll move on and, uh, and do some uh, 64 stuff with pilot wings. So, um, you know, a very, a very talented man, uh, who put together this, yeah, this RPG for the West, this ARPG for the West. Um, I don't know, jam trees. You guys got any experience with uh, star tropics? Yeah, I played through that on the NES Mini. Oh, Oh, that's right. It came out on the Mini. That's right. Yeah, Jam's one of the five who who got his hands on the NES Mini. (laughs) At least over here, anyway. (laughs) I'm I'm sad to say, uh, believe it or not, I've never played it. Ah, and you were a Nintendo kid. I was. It was something I always wanted to play, and I I just never got around to playing it. Oh, I I was so addicted to it when I was a kid. Um, you know, you're. I think if I'm not f- mistaken, uh, you're the nephew of Doctor Jones, and of course, Doctor Jones, Indiana Jones. We yep. all know. Yep. Um, Famous archaeologist you know. Stephen Jones in this game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, he, um, you know, it, I don't know. The gameplay was so much fun. Um, you know, you had to, there were some dungeons that you would, you know, of course, every game was in a dungeon back then. Um, but you, 
you know, had to jump and swing your baseball bat or, you know, your yo-yo and uh, kill your adversary. And imagine if you could do that in real life, by the way, you know, Mm -hmm. just, you know, take out your adversary with a yo-yo. But you can. can. I saw it in a Ninja Turtles movie. Yeah. I mean, you know, you know, it would take a lot of effort. It takes a lot of effort, but I mean, you can do anything if you really put your, your, your I guess. Yeah, just keep yo-yoing in the head, yeah. I guess. But well, and I'm an yeah. avid fan of uh, the Goonies games, and so Goonies you know, yeah, awesome. yo-yo games for life, man. Like, <laughs> and Yo-Noid, we can't forget Yo-Noid <laughs> was a classic yo-yo game. Um, That's true. Jesus, we should make a GH101 about this. <laughs> games with yo-yos. Yeah, yeah. yo-yo games. Yo-yo yeah. games. <laughs> but uh, well, games that make you go yo. Right, right. Um, <laughs> Papa Eo. No, anyway. Uh, sorry, I'm bringing it back around. I'm bringing it back around. Um, but yeah, this game was actually really good. I, I very much liked this game, and it, it was a Zelda light, basically, in my eyes. Yeah, it really was. And you know, the um, they ended up coming out with a sequel, which as a kid I never played. I own it now, but. Never played it. That was Zoda's Revenge. Uh, Star uh, Star Tropics Two is I, I think is yep. Zo- Zoda's yeah, Revenge. Zoda's yeah. Revenge. It's the game that always ends up at the back of the shelf because it starts with a Z. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And and I never played it. You know, as as a kid, but came back around to it. And they really did. They kept the same mechanics and all of you know the stuff that made Star Tropics so much fun. But it came out pretty significantly later in the life of the NES, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, so yeah, Star Tropics was 90 Zoda's revenge was 94. Yeah. So yeah, Zoda's revenge was pretty hard to find. Um, how, uh, <clears throat> how long a game is it? Hmm. Good question. You know what uh, I mean? Like, like now, like when you're a kid, everything seems like it's long as shit, but I wonder if, Stat dropping. So I'll get you. I'll get you a time uh, according to how long to beat. And this is pretty consistent Mm -hmm. with what I was thinking. They say seven and a half hours. I was guessing six. Um, So yeah, about seven eight hours. All right, because you were saying Mm -hmm. it's like a Zelda type game. I didn't know how long, how in depth it is. As a like Zelda one, we should be clear, not Zelda two. Yes. Uh, Yes. Right. 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 (laughs) So. So so, Jam, did you play a lot of it? Or you just did you turn it on and look at the title screen and then move on to the next game through your mini and then and then then unplug your mini and put it in a drawer and never look at it again? Yeah, yeah, that's that's exactly what I've done. No, yeah. no, I I gave uh, Star Tropics a fair shake. Okay. <laughs> I haven't finished it though. I, I, Any, um, most was it your current? Yeah. Anybody who I, I I know that did get a mini, they literally just looked at like a title screen of every game. Played a minute of it, went through the whole thing, and went all right. And then they unplugged uh, the mini. Oh, not me, man, not me, because I never had an NES, so I've I've been enjoying oh. it immensely. Actually, that's being still hooked. I still hooked that up to my TV, my HDMI, because it's like, only powered by USB, which makes it even easier to connect and stuff. Oh, nice. So always got that on the go. So yeah. I want to address one thing that happens in this game, and maybe you haven't gotten there, Jam. Um, I'm betting you know what I'm talking about, though, Wolfie. The letter. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So there, uh, yeah. Go ahead. No, you go. You go. If you know what it is, go ahead. Yeah. So basically, the original game came um, where, if if I remember correctly, you had to use I think was it a water or something to get the letter to display the characters or whatever you needed, 
and mm-hmm. um yeah your your uncle jones's um letter is in the box with the game and you have to dip that letter in water and it reveals the code on the paper yes yeah yes yeah. Oh, nice so if you played it without that and you <laughs> for whatever reason you know if you played it nowadays and didn't have the internet you were screwed because yeah. guess what you're you're you know you need that letter to be able to proceed all right so how do they handle that on the the mini well oh good question oh i do know this answer jam have you gotten to this part do you know this answer no i haven't gone Oh, okay, okay. Uh, The other thing I should point out is I believe the code was, let's see here, different? No, maybe it was the same code each time. Uh, I thought it might have been different, but uh, yes, uh, it is in the instruction manual of uh, the NES Mini and the Virtual Console. So, uh, but there are countless boards online of people who got stuck here when playing the Virtual Console or NES Mini game. So... Go check your digital manual. It's there. <laughs> Man, that's cool. I, I actually had no idea. I didn't even think that far into it with the mini or anything. Yeah, I'll just spoil it right now for those that don't. The internet is flooded with lazy people, myself included. So the code is 747, okay? So just... <laughs> you're good. Save you're you good. Save, save yourself the hassle. <laughs> or at least it's 747 on my copy. I don't think right, that it's... Up. Yeah, I don't think it's different per copy. Uh, I'm pretty sure that's not the case. And that's so. what it was for me, so... Okay, okay. So, um, but uh, yeah, Star Tropics is a hell of a game. Oh yeah, man! I I enjoyed it so much. I I used to play through it. Um, I think I played through it two or three times when I was a kid. But uh, I remember renting it in the beginning and never finishing it. So finally, being able to actually play through it was so awesome when I finally got the copy. Yeah, and this game visually looks very striking. Looks amazing. Um... Uh, came out the same year as Final Fantasy and definitely looks a lot better than Final Fantasy. And that's not to dig on yes. Final Fantasy. That's just to praise this game uh, from a graphical standpoint. But, now, uh, was this a Ninten- like a published by Nintendo game? or Yes. I believe so. Yep, Nintendo so Internal. Okay, so is there any memorable characters or anything in it that lived on? Like, are there any Tropic people in Smash Brothers games or something? Mm-hmm. Like there's, no. is there anything that's like notable that hung around from Stat Tropics? They obviously, I, I don't think so. No. I mean, they obviously put it in the mini, so I mean, it's on their radar as a one of their. Yeah, the games. the mini had that and Zoda, although Zoda didn't have the letter trick. Uh, I want the uh, witch doctor that you meet at the very beginning of the game yeah. to be uh, an amiibo, really bad. Uh, honestly, who's, who's the main who's the main character that you play? Is he memorable looking? What's Mike? he look like? <laughs> Yes, his name is Mike, and he <laughs> like loves it. baseball. So yeah. Mikey, he's about Mike's as American as you can imagine, especially back in the '80s. Oh yeah, he most definitely is. Let's see here. Um, oh, where's a picture of him? Nintendo did show him out. Actually, he's in he's in Smash Brothers. Uh, oh no! Oh. No, someone's pimping him for Smash Brothers. I guess. Oh, okay. But, See, I'm not alone. All right, but uh, real quick, I'll pop it in the chat. But uh, uh, oh, okay. Oh. So, Wolfie, do you want to keep it going or bury it? No, oh, we can bury it, man. All right. I, I I got it out of my system. I'm happy. 
<laughs> there it goes drowning do you have any final <laughs> words uh uh wolfie about star tropics and trees there's the picture of mike mike oh, jones the most no, american that name ever to, that you have to play it that's all yeah <laughs> hey, look at this guy he's awesome it's <laughs> like He's like Richie Cunningham. Yeah, he really is. <laughs> yeah, the one on the, fi- on the all the way to the right. Yeah, oh, that's sweet. Now, Man, mind you, like, that- he has a bat and everything. He should be yeah. Smash Brothers. That's the that's the modern day Mike Jones. The one on the left is your uh, traditional Mike Jones. But yeah, one yeah. in the middle looks like fanfic or something. There, there is a photo out there of him that's not too appropriate of him ear fucking himself with a banana. I don't oh, okay. know why that exists, but uh, it, really it was originally in the game, and they decided, you know what, it's for America. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, right, <laughs> uh, trees. There's some pictures of what he looks like actually in the game. Um, okay, so when when you see him <laughs> oh, that, in that looks... in the actual game, that's that's his sprite. That's his that actual sprite. Yeah. yeah, that looks nothing like Richie Cunningham. And here's the uh, the infamous ear, uh, ear I'm happy do some, uh, episode. Pearl of beads of Mike Jones. I'd make a fortune. <laughs> that. You should you corner that market. Uh, <laughs> so. Not a lot out there. No, oh, yeah, look no, there really Shuffing isn't. Shoving bananas is is. I had a, this is a kid in first grade that used to do that. Smash bananas is is. Never understood. Was his name Mike Jones? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. That kid was. He used always punch holes in the wall. He's fucked up. That kid. <laughs> Imagine that, seeing a kid in first grade punch a hole in a wall. It's yeah. scary. Yo, yeah, that that actually no no joke like that. That's that's <laughs> jarring. Um, kid has anger issues. But yeah, I would totally go for a Mike Jones amiibo or something. Um, yeah, why not? Keep it alive, man. Keep here's alive, here's man. a here's a deviant art, um, which is not porn uh, all the time. Uh, but here's a, a photo of somebody who did a, a mock up of what a, an amiibo might look so, like. The, the last Smash Brothers, right? You had all the playable characters, but then didn't you also have all the unlockable little statues, mm-hmm. figurines? Like yes. tons of them. You're telling me there's no Mike Jones in there? Well, Not let even me unlockable. Check. Somebody's Come on. somebody who knows I is have going no nuts. Idea. Mike Jones in Smash Brothers. Let's see. Uh like Smash Brothers boards. Wait, 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 wait. He's known for being the ace pitcher and sticking bananas <laughs> in his ears. <laughs> okay. Um, this guy. This guy has a history. <laughs> yeah, a record, if you will. Um, you get a deep hit. But no, it turns out he uh, did not make it. Um, well, Jim, Jim will never play the his mini the same, look at it the same uh, way again. Without there, bananas in his ears. There's like... <laughs> There's like four people on a message board trying to get Nintendo to put him in there. Oh. <laughs> well, make that five. Put me in there. Sign actually, actually, Trees, you have to play Star Tropics before you can sign up. Um. That's true. That's true. I should probably actually even look at the game. No, I'm just kidding. Um, all right. Who would Good like stuff. to go next? Um, want me to go? Because I don't really have much to talk about. Sure. <laughs> so it'll be quick. No, honestly, I was so I was like so busy last two weeks at Odyssey. Uh, I don't even have much of a talk, but I can just talk about what I what I played. Sure. Which was okay. because of sure. last show, I mentioned that Prominence Poker. I've played a lot of Prominence Poker this week, last two weeks, I should say, like a lot. <laughs> I still haven't <clears throat> downloaded it on Xbox One. So uh, I, <laughs> whoa, what you was know, that? I, I I finally I, I won some tournaments. And because uh, they actually um, updated it lately, and they 
put in ranked ranked uh, mode, which wasn't in there before. It always said coming soon, but now there's ranked mode, so you can play ranked one-on-one matches or ranked tournaments. And I don't know what it is. It's, it goes on for like a week. It has like a countdown. Mm. So after the week, I kind of don't know what happens when you place. You must just get a, a prize. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I unlocked my scally cap. I got my little scally cap on there. there it costs go. like $78,000. It's a real expensive scally cap. <laughs> uh, I bought a can of pale ale that sits with me at the table, and I get a 5% bonus uh, on rep as I drink it. And that game's fucked up because I think, Fred, did I send you a picture of like <laughs> one of the sales for last week, and it was like a belly puncher, like brass knuckles with like a knife? <laughs> yes. Yeah, they don't give a fuck. They do not give a shit. They're like, what rating? We don't care. Hey, you want to smoke a cigarette? We'll give you a bonus rep for smoking. They actually have like smoking hours and happy hours that if you have like beverages or smoking a cigarette, you get extra XP while you play. It's fantastic. <laughs> it encourages you to. But in their defense, they do have e-cigarettes that you can buy. That you can hmm. smoke an e-cigarette. So you can vape. You can, you can embrace vape yeah. culture. Okay, well, that's good. So I had some chains. I had a chain that I had next to me for a while because of the club. There's uh, four different clubs you can join once you rank up. I'm in the – it's like a biker club. So they gave me a free uh, chain that I just have on the table. <laughs> and uh, I got rid of that, got my pale ale. I'm working my way up to a, a stout, like a Guinness stout pint. Mm-hmm. But uh, everything costs a lot of money, you know. And I'm, I'm working my way. I need like 55000 bucks for a cool – leather red vest that I'm going to rock <laughs> once nice. I get there. <laughs> so I've played a lot of Promise Poker and I played, uh, I did download and play a little bit of, uh, what's it called? The Nightmares? Little, little Nightmares? Little Nightmares, yeah. Little Nightmares, yep. Uh, and that is a game that uh, I swore a lot playing it. <laughs> like a lot. <laughs> to the point where my wife was like, can you please, I don't know what you're doing in there, but can you please calm down? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so who has, who has played this game? I know Fred, you were playing it, right? No, I failed. You didn't I, play it. I bought it, but I haven't played it yet. No. And so Wolfie played it. You played it. Did you play the whole thing? I, I played. I played it. Um, oh, I didn't I play thought, the whole I thing. Thought was, oh, <laughs> it was Wolfie that said that. <laughs> so yeah, we so we sound very similar. Yeah, Wolfie. <laughs> for the record, have you played it? I wonder if we lost Wolfie. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's it. I think we did. See, that's... Uh, okay, that's fair gone. enough. Anyway. Huh? So, what? Oh, okay. He's gone. <laughs> okay. and, uh, what? So, here's, uh, here's the problem I had with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like the atmosphere of it. All right? Yep. I like, um, I like those kind of little puzzles, right? Mm-hmm. But when it comes to that the depth... All right. Mm-hmm. Um, that was getting in my way. That field of depth was messing yeah. me up, mm-hmm. and it was causing me to fail segments, right, or little puzzles that I knew what I was doing. It was just that field of death was screwing me up to the point where. Yeah. So, did you get at least through the first chapter? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got. I'm, I'm, I think I'm near the end now. Okay, so if you remember, I'm only in like the second, second-ish chapter, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, so here's a good example: was I climbed up this thing, 
and you pull on this chain. Oh, I think I know what you're talking about. <laughs> I have the same problem. It's almost like a bundle of like little pet lockers or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Lockers that come up. And then you got to pull the chain so it starts moving the other direction. You run and jump on top of it. Yeah. Yeah. I must have missed jumping on that thing like 10 times. And not because I, I was like, I knew I was supposed to jump on it. It's mm-hmm. the field of view. I would just miss it completely. You, you knew what to do. Yeah, absolutely. But And then when you when you restarted, you had to climb back up again, yes, pull the, the lever again. I have whole- never swore so <laughs> yeah. many times. And I turned it off. Like I, I had to come back to it the next day. And, you know, this here, this, here you go, Fred. This gives me my just stop all road in the one. <laughs> <laughs> just stop. If you want to, if you want to have like a little jumpy, jumpy adventure, right? Like a little where you have to jump, make the depth of of the you know the view of death, whatever you want to call it, make that not a factor. You know, if, if I need to jump onto this thing, and I jump, let let me land on it. You know, don't. <laughs> you know what I'm saying though? Like it, mm-hmm. it's like especially when there's no reference to actually where in the in the the space that it's floating. Like there's no reference from where you're jumping. Like okay, there's a shadow. I know that I line up with it. There's nothing. Mm-hmm. You just kind of like it looks like it's in front of me, and I'm jumping. And of course, I go right behind it. Boom, and dropped and dead. So I was having a lot of trouble with that aspect of the game. Or like you're running from something and you got to run through a doorway. And of mm-hmm. course, you're not centered with the door, so you just smack into the wall. <laughs> and then <laughs> the guy cries. And you're like, really? Like, can't you just fudge that that in, in <laughs> sections like that, you know, let me run by. Like so I like the game, but and I like the little puzzles, but it's when it's like an action y sort of puzzle, it's like I don't know, it's frustrating me. Yeah. So unfortunately I've been turning the game off like an awful lot because I just need to come back to it. Which stinks because I it, it feels like a game that I could sit in a long chunk and enjoy what's going on but the mm. frustration of of stuff like that uh just makes me turn it off so the good news is after that sort of section it does get easier okay so a little bit of reassurance uh, that, that 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 one you mentioned is the one that i i had the exact same problem i repeated it multiple times it was ridiculously frustrating and um and I, I was I was just thinking this it doesn't make sense because you know exactly what you're supposed to do and you even feel um, you're yeah. moving the control in the right direction to go to jump in that direction but it's just not you're just you just seem to fall short of it don't you go in the front <laughs> front of the back yeah you're just not you're not lined up in that 3D space mm. it's just like I think the game should fudge it that you're jumping it should just let you land on it just fudge it let's not be that precise all right I got a little fucking little thing in a raincoat with little had people running around and a guy with long arms and no legs and we don't have to be that precise all right in the world <laughs> that I can't jump on a crate you know so I don't know so I've been playing those two things I've been I've been when I get frustrated with little nightmares I pop on my poker and then I play that and I have I and I and I have a good time until I lose because uh some guy just stays in with an you know offsuit 27 and catches like a straight on the on the last card, and then I I swear I swear <laughs> out loud, and then I turn that off too. I have a lot of those moments too, like, but uh, yeah, I have all these other games to play, but I'm just I'm pretty much just playing this free poker game on my Xbox. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. That's uh, well, I'm I'm, 
Yeah, I'm very much looking forward to starting Little Nightmares. Although what you were saying reminded me of uh, uh, in um, the new Mario, Mario 3D World. I had a lot of trouble with the depth perception as well. Whoa, okay. Oh. Uh, so trees, do we keep going or do we bury it? Does it drown? It drowns, my friend. Just get, let's get some poker Woo. going, guys. Right. <laughs> yeah, we need to do that. that. We need to do kidding. poker night. All right, cool. I, we'll we'll get this free to play on the Xbox One, and we'll start doing some poker. Uh, all right, Jam. That leaves you and me. Yeah. Who you want to go? You want me to go? What do you want? Yeah, I'll go. I'll okay. Go. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so we've had a uh, injustice. Has injustice two has come oh, out? Yes. Is it this week or was it yep, last week? Out. I get confused. It's, it's out, out now. Yeah. Um, Wait. So injustice two and it, what's come with injustice two, of course, is the is the reviews and uh, most mostly praise, surprisingly positive actually. But the one thing that I was noticing, and this is what I want to discuss today, is that are people kind of getting wise to the whole um, game of the year edition by later? Cause a lot of the reviews I read uh, people who have brought the product on, like say Amazon or maybe even Metacritic, a lot of people are saying, cool, lo- love the reviews for this game, but I'm going to wait for the game of the year edition. I'm going to wait for the complete edition. I'm going to wait till it comes. One of them said, I'm going to wait till it comes out with the better version on PC, <laughs> which I thought was brilliant. <laughs> That's one of my favorite ones. Which, uh, <laughs> which, which is absolutely laughable. If you've ever played the, <laughs> if you bought the PC yeah. version of mortal Kombat X, hello, I'm right over here and watch that thing be broken <laughs> for over a year. Um, yeah, uh, no, uh, <laughs> uh so, but, uh, but I'm just wondering: Are people now? So are people? Are people getting wise to this now? Are people getting sort of fed up with the kind of a bit like, say, Street Fighter Five, where releasing games the sort of bare bones, then they're finished later? Is it? Is it? Is it? Is it? Is the jig? Is, is the jinx up now, or whatever? <laughs> is the jig up? <laughs> or, or are people still interested in this? Obviously, I, I'm not. I'm, cause I'll be honest. I've been doing this for quite a while already. I'm, I'm, I've been. I've done this with, say, Borderlands Two. I did it with. I waited till they had the complete edition. I did it with mo- pretty much every Elder Scrolls game. I've done it with. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I, I think it depends on what franchise it is, right? Yeah. Like some yeah. some games come out, and I'm just like, why would you have this game of the year gold ninety dollar edition with a season pass? <laughs> like, who the it's about this game. I understand the Call of Duty stuff. Cause that but they has, never release a complete mm, version, though, do they? They've, um, well, they always... Yeah. I don't know that I agree with that, because I would say that a downloadable character is the exact same as a map pack for Call of Duty. Um, mm-hmm. And for the record, Injustice 2 does have an edition like this. It's uh, there's a there's a regular edition, a digital deluxe edition, which is eighty bucks, which gives you some DLC launch content, and then the ultimate edition, which is a hundred, which is uh, the nine planned DLC characters and all the new costumes built into it. So this is kind of that that example. Yeah. Well, I, I wasn't saying that. Like I can't understand. I was just saying Call of Duty as a as its player base, like how big it is in. I can understand why those have gold editions because they sell because people get real into that stuff. Right. I was saying like because you know I I understand what gets packaged into these things, but I've never bought in one of these expensive things. Cause I maybe I'm weird. I never brought a season pass at launch. I I kind of have fun with just the game as it is, <laughs> and I well, don't really notice much difference. Well, I have, stuff, and so. let me tell you what Arkham Knight's season pass brought me <laughs> in <laughs> yeah. return See, for buying yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> now we got to hear this, Brad. Yeah, yeah <laughs> no, that three DLCs, each 46 minutes long. Thanks a bunch, and two of them sucked. 
Yeah, um, that was terrible. Oh, uh, what was the other example I did by the uh, season pass with the game of Infinity War, Infinite Warfare? That I've been super pleased with. For $100, I got all the map packs. I got Infinite Warfare, and I got the Call of Duty 4 remastered. Mm -hmm. The one thing that I am pissed about is that they're charging for the map packs, which they basically made it sound like they weren't going to do. But now they're backpedaling on it and going, oh, no, 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 we said we would bring out all the maps. We never said we wouldn't charge you for those maps when they come (laughs) out. Uh, And I said, well, you kind of implied it, you dicks. Uh, But... uh, (laughs) But yeah, that being said, um, so I, I'd say I'm at about a 50-50 split on those. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I bought The Witcher uh, with everything, but that's kind of the exception, not the rule. I knew The Witcher 3 was going to be strong um, when yeah. I bought the mm-hmm. whole edition. So Right. But see, that's what I mean. There's some franchises you, you see it. I, I can't think of an example right now, but I've seen some real obscure games where mm-hmm. it's just like season pass and gold and you're like what who i never even i don't even know what that is <laughs> yes. i you know but i did like i i did buy a season pass once i bought the season pass for the first titanfall oh mm. yes uh, but yes. i i didn't but i didn't buy it out the gate i i played a ton of that game and then when the first pack came out uh, i actually bought the first pack separately because it was on sale of gold or something i can't remember and then uh, me and my friends were playing it so much. I, I bought the season pass, and I think it was on sale by then. And so eventually they ended up giving away everything for the first Titanfall for free anyways at the end. Mm-hmm. But uh, So I, that, that's a game I did, I remember. I got my money's worth out of it. But yeah, so I, is Injustice 2 incomplete without buying like a special edition of it? Is it well, missing no, characters, or is it just is it just costumes or something? No, I wouldn't say it's incomplete. But although some people may debate that, don't because that's how they are these the days. The characters will trickle can, out, yeah. yeah, and you will not be able to use them if you don't buy the season pass or the uh, the characters. Now they're all balanced, yeah. so no one is better than the other. Um, but like, uh, like ever, or just you get first crack at them. Well, neither, neither. You'll you'll be able to buy them separately. The characters are six dollars a piece uh, for Injustice Two. Really? Yeah. How many? Do you know how many offhand? Nine. They've already announced nine. So nine times six is uh, fifty-four, and the season pass is forty. So plus, there's there's like costumes and various other things that you may or may not care about. People always act like costumes isn't a big deal, and in fighting games, it totally is. Um. It's not like I, spend yeah, a ton well, of money important, but it's 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 a thing. It's a thing. I I uh, Street Fighter Four. If you remember, I had all of Dan's <laughs> oh, <yeah>. costumes. <laughs> I beat you. I yeah. beat you up. Well, wearing, I beat you up wearing Dan's uh, <laughs> sparring boxing fucking equipment. I sucked Whatever. so bad at Street Fighter Four that Trees used Dan with the yeah. pink gi <laughs> yeah. and beat the shit out of me like six rounds in a row. <laughs> <laughs> he had a pinky. A sparring mask and like an umpire's fucking thing tied around him on his chest. Yeah, <laughs> it was, it was awesome. pretty good. It was pretty good. But, but you wait. Okay, I want to make sure. So I go out today and I'm like, I'm going to buy Injustice 2. And I just get the $60 version of Injustice 2. Uh-huh. Are you telling me there's nine characters that I will never see? Unless you buy them. Yes. 
Oh, well, you'll see them because I can use no, them no, against yeah, not, you. Not, I can use them yeah. against you. So you might be going into a match and you'll see a character pop up in multiplayer you've never seen before. You're like, Dark Side? Where does he come from? See, I don't know how I feel about that. I don't like that. There is also some controversy. I don't know if, I think it might have been retailer exclusives, but two characters, Dark Side and somebody else, I can look who up, up who the other one is, uh, are available right now. Uh, and they're not in the base game. But I do think those were retailer exclu- exclusive pre-order stuff, which is uh, why. Did did Mortal Kombat hmm. X do that? Did they have stuff? To yes. Get- really? Yeah, they released them as bundles. You would buy a $20 pack and you'd get four characters. That's right. They had the alien and stuff like that, right? They yeah, they did the after. horror movie stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. That it will. you'll never... Yeah, Darkseid and Brainiac are um, are already released. So that's two of the seven, or two of the nine. So yeah, but, yeah. I don't know. What do you feel? What do you feel about that, Jamie? You like that? Are you, are you against that? Well, I'm not, I'm not really against it. I just yeah, you know, I just don't buy into it. To be honest. I, again, like I just wait. <laughs> I'm not to be honest. I'm not the biggest fighting game guy anyway. Right. Um, yeah. You know, yeah, I, I I did actually buy Mortal Kombat Nine. I guess it, or they just called it Mortal Kombat back then. Um, mm-hmm. The the sixty one as it's kind of like vanilla form, and I got I actually brought the DLC for that later when it was kind of like on sale. Um, but that was probably like the last fighting game I got really into, and even that was terrible at it online. Felt like bring back all those school memories again. We game. <laughs> I guess, <laughs> I guess that's what I'd say. I guess you, you have to wait to see if that gets discounted at some point. Well, that's what Jam's point. talking about. It it yeah, will. Right. They'll release the Game of the Year edition soon. So yeah. Well, not soon. That, They'll release it at the end of the year. Within a year, yeah. <laughs> so. Then like the Game of the Year edition is always like cheaper than the original, you know, right. the, the base right. game when it was first launched. You know, it seems to be a trend really. But I'm, I just think that people are. I'm wondering if that's going to will it. It probably won't affect Injustice too. Probably, I think. I think the popularity no. of DC alone will keep it going. But well, Jam, do we keep going or do we do we drown it? Oh, I think we said all we need to say. We can drown it. All right, one thing I will add, Jam, is the one thing you get by w- you don't get by waiting is that I'll be so good at Injustice that I'll kick your ass when you finally buy it. <laughs> <laughs> lies. <laughs> Total lies. But there are other people who will. <laughs> uh, again, uh, it's getting to know those fighters that really pushes you to yeah. buy it right at launch. Um, but there are a lot of fighting games. They're definitely coming back. Uh- Although Tekken 7 is getting me hyped up for some reason, and yeah, I haven't played a Tekken yeah. game since Tekken 2 or Tekken 3. Tekken 6 Dude, was Tekken, free, I think. Tekken 2 was the best one. So. Yeah, that was the one we brought home. It came out for the PlayStation, and we could play it at home, and we were, like, amazed. And we just had, like, Tekken 2 nights. That's all we did was drink yeah. and play Tekken 2, you know? Those are two oh, great yeah, things man. to do together. Yeah. Um, yeah. Come on, man. I... I played that crippled doctor just later on yep. the ground. <laughs> he was awesome. But that, I was all right. Tekken 7, that's the one that's going to come out, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Tekken, okay. what I was saying was on the Xbox One, you could get the 360 version. Sorry, on Xbox Live, you get the 360 version, which is backwards compatible of Tekken 6. Yeah, and that got me kind of hyped for it. <clears throat> but all right. Uh, so on to mine, my topic and... Uh, um, 
I was going back and forth because uh, I, I've, you know, there's a lot of games getting announced and E3 is coming up and I am, uh, I am a kind of a big E3 buff, especially because I'm going this year. So I'm, I'm very excited, but, um, uh, but I didn't want to talk about that. I didn't want to talk about the fact that the surge kind of has me thinking I might be a Dark Souls guy now. I might be into that whoa. stuff. Uh, whoa, I'm playing whoa, a lot man. of the surge that's, and I've been very, it's a pretty big, you know, admission the only well i've never played a dark souls game i've played demon souls i've played bloodborne and now i'm on the surge but with those three in the bag well the surge is not in the bag the surge is a very very difficult game that only gets monumentously more difficult as you go but uh but yeah i'm digging it like every day i have to play the surge for at least a little while um but here was my topic so I hate to be this guy because I know exactly where this goes on most uh, conversations, but I think I'm very happy that they keep making these HD remakes remasters. <laughs> and I wanted y'all's thoughts on that. Now, I know we roll our eyes when we see God of War Remastered Edition until it's four ninety nine, and then we all buy it. But um, But there is this thing... Uh, especially with certain games that are getting remastered that I'm I'm very pleased with and as of late I feel like there's some uh there's some great examples of that uh, Jam and I will easily cite the Turok games um yeah oh yeah yeah which uh have been I don't even know if Turok is a good game uh, I never played it on the N64 but uh but I I yeah I think it's worth it's worth um well, for you for, at least for you Freddie it's worth your time <laughs> because it's just so there crazy. Go. There you go. Well, and I, that's what I've been told is that it's so insane. And what is this mm. PC version cost? 20 bucks normally. And then there are definitely discounts and whatnot. Um, but like everything with like full throttle and Odin sphere, Luftraiser and mm. just a lot of that stuff that's coming out. And even most recently, uh, I just picked up Bayonetta and uh, vanquish for the PC. Um, get to play that in 4k 60. Um, but what do you guys think? Like, uh, do you think like a lot of people like to say that these are bad for the industry and they're what's wrong. And especially this generation where we basically just released the last generation on this generation. I'm, I'm not a big mm -hmm. fan of, but I feel like there are other examples that are, that are worth, uh, you know, worth coming out. Uh, so I don't know. What do you guys think? Well, I guess it, I think everybody's in favor of an HD remake if it's a game that they like. <laughs> Good. Point. You know what I mean? Like it's like if it's a shitty game, you're like, why would they do that? Ruining the industry. <laughs> but if it's a game that you loved, like Star Tropics, yeah, yeah, Star yeah. Tropics yeah. Remaster, okay. I'm in. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> Like I, I pop, I, I have a PSP that I still charge up once in a while and play, mm -hmm. and I have a bunch of PS1 games on there, like like uh, you know Wild Arms and stuff like that, like RPGs. But I have um, the original Legacy of Kane on there, the top yeah. down. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, make that, redo that. I want that redone. Very graphics, top down. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The game's the shit, you know what I mean? But it's tough to look at now. You, you put that on a PS1 on a TV, you're like, ooh, what am I? I can't even tell what's going on. And same on a little PSP screen. But man, if you clean that all up and made a new one, that shit would be fun. Yeah, let's see what Dennis Dyack can't be up to much these days, right? <laughs> so I don't, I don't mind HD remakes. Uh, you know, I don't think. Do I think they're ruining the? How would I think they're ruining anything? People are buying them. 
people are buying them a lot. I, I, I agree. Know. I don't think they're ruining the industry. I don't know where people get that impression from, really. <laughs> well, they're not ruining the industry. In fact, they're helping. I, I, I misspoke a little bit. They're mm. not ruining the industry. They're they're very much keeping the industry alive and strong yeah. <laughs> because so many people are buying them. Uh, but people say like it's killing. You know. You know, making new games. Originality, um, maybe. Yeah. But uh, but I don't know. I and, just, uh, oh yeah. I was just say, I disagree. I think it's it's uh, giving them some extra pocket change yes. towards some new new it's, development towards stuff. It's like re-releasing the the damn Star, original Star Wars trilogy over and over again. People just buy again anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, but whatever new platform it is in the future. But um, I, I don't have a problem with it. I I've, <clears> I've, you know I, I can I can get the frustration, but the frustration really isn't the, like at the beginning of this console cycle with the PS4 and the Xbox One. There was a lot of remasters, but oh, there some were some of them sort. Of- <laughs> yeah, I was about to say some of them sort of made sense though, like especially like the PS4 really, like the yeah, you know, like the Last of Us remaster because a lot of the people that w- w- went to PS4 were Xbox 360 ad- mm. adopters originally, so they've now moved over there and they didn't have a PS3, so gave them a chance to see what all the fuss was about then, but. Mm-hmm. You know, if people really, really don't like it, you know, you don't have to buy it. <laughs> well, and you it, can but... finally get your hands on like Bulletstorm full clip edition, right? Like that. I mean, if I can so think of a yeah, $60, $60 game that you had to buy. <laughs> um, thank God the Bioshock collection came out because so many people missed out on that one. And and let's not forget Assassin's Creed, the Ezio collection. Um, well, you know, there's a few. <laughs> Look, Wind Waker HD was the shit, man. That was like the the greatest thing I've played forever. And here I'm playing the the original on my GameCube. There you go. Brilliant. That's cool. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, so you are going with the original one. Okay. Oh, yeah, man. I I actually am streaming it on Twitch. That's one of the games I stream at this point. I've never played Wind Waker, and everybody tells me I'm oh, a worse right. man for it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah you are. Um, but again, yes, and, and this is kind of, when you look at these remasters, you you go across the board, like equal parts, like yay and oh my god. Like, um, like Deadpool. Man, did that game need an HD remaster. Finally, finally we got it. Um, but... Uh, <laughs> And God of War, of course, uh, which actually God of uh-huh. War. Um, Wolfie, I was curious of your thoughts on this. So God of War, it was funny because this was God of War 3 Remastered was the one I criticized the most because it was 720p and they brought it up to 1080p. And I was like, oh, come on. But the other thing they do is God of War 3 can barely hold up on the PS3 at 30 frames a second. And now it's 60 and we get that dirty, dirty 30 frames, 60 mm. frames a second discussion. What are your thoughts on that? Upgrading a game just because you can throw 60 frames a second in a game that definitely needs it, such as Devil May Cry 4 or God of War 3? So I think that if you're on a platform, um, it, well, th- that's a good question because if you're jumping to a, ne- a next-generation platform, that's a really tough call. If you were on the same platform and you were pushing out you know, 30 frames per second and then you roll it out again and you try to sell it again just because of 60 frames, then I would say you're crazy. No, that's terrible. But if you're coming out on a on a new platform, I mean, 60 frames per second to me makes a big difference. Mm-hmm. So it, it's a t- that's a really tough call and then at the same time i guess it just comes down to if you're willing to pay the money for it 
then I guess it comes to, you know, your call, which is the same for any HD remake of anything. But, Mm -hmm. you know, if it was PS4, 30 frames per second to PS4, 60 frames per second, then they should just be pushing it out to anyone that bought, you know, the HD remake of it in general. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I don't think we're going to see that too much because they just they don't have the hardware for it. And so that was the point was that the PS4 is so much stronger than the PS3 and Xbox One, Xbox 360 that they were just like we finally have the processing power to be able to push 60 frames. Um and we could even throw in the resolution. But uh but yeah, um I don't know. Uh, okay, so here's here's my final poll, and then uh, time's probably eh, it's getting close to there. But um, here's my final poll, uh, true true poll to everybody: Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy, yeah or no? <laughs> mm, I yeah. had good I had good times with Crash Bandicoot. Me too. Came up. Forty yeah. bucks for all three games. Mm. <laughs> I have to buy this. I'm sorry. Um, if they include uh, the original commercials, oh, that'd be good, wouldn't it? Oh no, yeah, we'll the one who, the when he was outside, like Nint- Nintendo's parking lot, and he was like, "Hey, plumber boy, yeah, yeah." Like, Go if back they, and do that. <laughs> yeah, if they included those on, on the disc, yeah, I'd be in. Because those original commercials were hilarious. Uh, Vicarious Vision says they're throwing in a bunch of interesting things, including soundtrack and some art and stuff like that. So who knows? They may very well do that. I think that would be hilarious. Um, you know, Nintendo could do a well, fun rebuttal to the PSP nowadays too. I mean, and you're also you're thinking about it as um, someone who was around when the originals were out. Mm-hmm. But you got to think of that coming to a whole new generation mm-hmm. of gamers that never got a chance to really play those games because there's been no way to play them really unless you still have an old something old hooked up somewhere yeah people are all over when system shock wants to get yeah. remade but they shy away from crash bandicoot oh well you you're, you're telling me if you if you booted up crash bandicoot and and let your daughter play oh it, crap continue oh. continue continue right she'd yeah. love it i mean it's yeah. colorful the music's awesome you know the sound effects are so i mean yeah, why not? Why I not booted up say? Crash for her recently, and she was like, Dad, it's so blocky. So, yeah, we'll try yeah, that again. <laughs> yeah. so. That's a blockiest bandicoot of All righty. Well, we will call this to a close. We let them all drown first round. And you've been missed, HD Remasters. Um, all right. So with that, we move into the final part of the show, which is just stop. Just Stop, where we talk about anything that's going on with trends, industry, whatnot, uh, that we see that we wish would just stop. Uh, I'm going to swing back around to Wolfie and say, sir, do you have... Well, and we're kind of springing this on you, so actually, if you want to, you can take your time and we can come back to you. But do you have a Just Stop off the top of your head? or um, And you can also pass. <clears throat> I, let me pass for right now. Okay. Uh Trees, I think you were good, right? <laughs> we know your trees is one. Yeah, I already had mine. Yeah. Stop making stop making it hard for me to jump on shit. <laughs> <laughs> How eloquently you put it. Um and, yeah. and uh uh Jam, you got one? 
Yeah, yeah, I've got one. Um, my, mine is, can Nintendo just stop being, like, behind the times, really? With <laughs> Which is uh, more referencing to um, the recent release of um, Fire Emblem Echoes, which is, a, which is like a guide, it's like a guiding game. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, a, it's a remaster as well, funny enough, or re, it's a remake, um, <laughs> which we just, just, just talk, talked about. But basically, they released a season pass, um, which was more than goddamn game it's just like <laughs> it's just like and it, it just feels like this is a thing that happened um not too like if it happened like five years ago in the gaming industry but it's it, like but nintendo seems to always like they do season passes well like with mario kart 8 on the wii u that was done quite well um and now it feels like they're now <laughs> catching up with trends that used to be I don't know, it used to be silly in the past. and I, I just don't agree with this season pass. It just seems completely stupid. It, it's, it's five like unannounced things, and I don't know. It's Just stop. Just stop Nintendo, Nintendo. just tra- stop trying to compete. Just stop. Um. Yes. <laughs> uh, oh, Destiny players, just stop pretending that's going to be a good game. No, I'm just kidding. Um <laughs> I'm 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 actually very intrigued by Destiny 2. Uh Yeah. It's it's your destiny that that game will be heavily discounted. Stop being <laughs> that game will be on sale very quickly. I don't know if I have it just stop. Uh, I don't think I do. Oh. So, yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have one. I know. He's lightening he's lightening up. He's lightening up. I He's softening up. I'm going to let this one writer go one more week, but if he continues the way he's going, he's going to be my next just stop. But, uh, but yeah. Um, oh, boy. Anyway, Wolfie, uh, you, you got anything for right now? No, you know, I don't know. I mean, I think if anything, I, I, I have a, this is actually I I I want to know your guys' opinion more than uh, this is a me wanting it to stop, and that is uh, physical media. Are you for or against it? Like, if you can just download it, be on your way with it, or you know, be able to buy it and own it. Mm. I'm still I'm still old school. I mean, I still have a shelf of old games. I, I do download some of the newer games. Uh, I don't know. But there's some things I, I still like to get that I like to have on my shelf. Like, I, I have some uh, Blu-rays that I don't have a lot of them, but there's a few I needed. There was a Steelbook uh, Snatch special edition I had to get. And, like, you know, so there's a few things I want to see on my shelf. That was and, actually uh, my rock band in high school, Steelbook Snatch. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. like that. <laughs> they won't. They won't sell it at Walmart. Won't <laughs> sell that there. But um, yeah, I, it, you know what? It de- I think it depends on the uh, the the product and what it is. But because I've downloaded some games, and I also go out of my way to still buy certain ones to have the the case. Yeah. See, oh, go sorry. ahead. No, I- no. Go right ahead. I'm mostly digital, but I'm one of those dirty people who, you know, I've really gotten into Steam and all that stuff. So I do prefer it, especially with stuff like the the Uncharted collection. I bought that HD collection as we go back to that. And like I so much prefer downloading that as, you know, a game that just sits on a hard drive than finding the disc. But there are exceptions, like Trees said, um, and uh, you know, often it's stuff that like like limited run games does, and various other sites, um, or I'll buy international editions to get the disc copy of like, you know, I don't know, 
Night Trap is a good example when that comes out. Um, but uh, but yeah, like for the most part, I will often not buy stuff. Um, I actually recently bought Yakuza Five because they had this big boss business edition or something, uh, and trees. That box man mm. just screams mm. you. Uh, <laughs> I don't. I don't think it's in stores anymore. But you, you should see uh, that box. <laughs> I am a sucker for that. I was in Walmart and they had a steel book of uh, Persona Five. Mm-hmm. And I don't play that game. I have no interest. But I was like, oh, that's cool. I'm gonna buy that. <laughs> buy that just to have it. <laughs> yep. Never open it. So I'm a sucker for that stuff. So. So. No, that's awesome, man. Like it. It. it I appreciate your guys' feedback because I'm. You know, a PC gamer uh, for everything past PS3. So Steam, you know, you, you don't exactly get the opportunity of having a physical release unless you're punching the code into Steam to be able to, you know, download it and play it um, quickly and easily. So I I don't know. I mean, I love collecting. I'm a, a you know retro collector, so um, I regret letting go of my old stuff, and now here I am trying to get it all back. Mm. So it's it's tough, man. But yeah, I I can definitely see both sides because well, I'm living one and and living the other, I guess. Mm. For a uh... oh, I'm sorry. What about you, Jim? You collect stuff. You're I, a younger generation. You download everything, don't you? Actually, Jam's oh, our yeah, age. I, I, <laughs> is he? Yeah, <laughs> yeah Jam's our age. <laughs> no, he is not. I refuse to believe it. I refuse to believe it. He is a youthful boy in my mind, and I will not change that <laughs> perception. All right? He's a spry, he's a spry 22-year-old running around the UK. Yeah, that, that is exactly, yes. Thank you. That's true. I'm going to remember that when I wake up tomorrow. <laughs> so, um, you know, I, I, um, I actually would I'd be happy to embrace the digital future if the prices were matched better it's just the problem i have still is that most digital I, i'm not i'm not much for pc gaming yet so i'm kind of getting that way eventually but the console digital storefronts the like a brand new release is still more expensive digitally than it is if you buy it physically good point so hence mm-hmm. why that's why generally that's why i generally still kind of stick physical i do buy digital stuff as well i'll buy it later in a sale um uh, but like you, yeah, I, I do collect a lot of retro stuff as well. So I am a bit of a retro collector, but I don't really collect anything else past probably PlayStation 2 era now. Mm. So I, I just stick with the older stuff. Anything cartridge-based, ideally. <laughs> yeah, same here, man. Well, and let's face it, like when I'm buying Summer Lesson or Extreme Beach Volleyball 3, sometimes it's better to just grab that <laughs> digital version, you know, just, uh, you know. <laughs> You man, be proud. Actually, I up. be proud. You hold it up over your head as you walk out of that store. Oh, I do. My my extreme my extreme three is actually in a tangible version. <laughs> but uh, nice. yeah, yeah. But uh, mm. so yeah. Well, for for an old update. For yeah, that's good. Mm. Uh, for an update, uh, my my serial numbers do match. By the way. Ooh. Oh. There you go. Triple digits for you, baby. Nice, I, man. I got the connected cable, the headphones still in the baggies. You know, I got the Tetris in the case. But it's weird. The back of my box has this big sticker on it, I just noticed. And it's like, it says, uh, do not remove proof of purchase. Oh, well, then you're not supposed to remove it. I mean, it's right yeah, there on the box. Yeah, yeah. It's this, it's this big thing with the serial numbers on it. And then on the back of my Game Boy, on the little battery case, mm-hmm. I don't know if that 
ship like that or if someone put it on there but there's a little sticker and it's a it's official nintendo sticker but it has a little mario with a screwdriver and a like a medical bag oh keep it on yeah i think that is legit has a number like it has a number it says you know nintendo word class service center hotline that's like so the game boy i was referring to earlier that i just repaired Mm-hmm. It is all original with that sticker, so you want to keep that sticker on as long as you can. See that? I just need the screen fixed. There you go. Oh, yeah. That's true, man. All right. Yeah. Well, we're going to wheel and deal, and Wolfie's going to uh, rehash our, our entire collections. Uh, so mm-hmm. rehab him. Like, yeah, we're <laughs> going to send him buckets of games in return. So, mm-hmm. uh, All right. Well, with that, uh, Wolfie, where can we find you? Here's your opportunity to pimp yo shit. Yeah, no, you can find me on Twitter at Wolfsbora, W-O-L-F-S-B-O-R-A. And um, yeah, that's about it. <laughs> Sweet. Anybody else got anything they want to pimp right now? Um, I've learned something. Yes. It takes, during this podcast, I've learned it takes about 60 Swedish fish in a 12-ounce thing of Red Bull to make your hands start to shake. <laughs> Oh, that, that is need to know knowledge there. Yeah, just in case you want to know the combination. You know, I do have both. Uh, well, I've got gummy worms and uh, Red Bull upstairs, so maybe I should sure, go give work. that a go. See what happens. Work. Yeah, work the same, I'm sure. <laughs> so, alrighty. Well, with that, I think we're going to call it to a close. Hit us up, contact gaminghistory one hundred and one com, and we will see you in two weeks for yet another episode of Gaming History X. Boys, I'm going to close with a song, so hold tight for thirty seconds. Little Star Tropics love. Oh, awesome.